Welcome to the Inside Out Money Podcast. Can't even recognize this place. Too many pieces of our past mistakes. Hi, I'm Maggie, and I believe real change starts from the inside out. So let's work together to improve our money and our lives from the inside out. We will explore all things money and our relationship with it. Join me each week with a rotating set of co-hosts, friends, and interviews. Let's jump in. Hey, Liz. Hi, Maggie. Good morning. It's so nice to see you. Good morning. I like your energy. It's quite early on your end, so I'm impressed you've got such... You got more morning energy than I have right now. Yeah, we're all good at different things. Yeah. But I did just run. I like always how you say we're all good at different things. Like, Maggie, you are not good at getting up early. Yeah, but you're a lot better at running than I am. Oh. I mean, I'm actually a very slow runner, but I'm consistently slow. Anyways, I did get a run in this morning, which I was proud of, because that was like a lot for me to get in before this. Okay, for everyone who's wondering what they just joined and why we're talking about running and what we're good at. Welcome to the Inside Out Money podcast. If you are new here, this is a personal finance podcast focused on redefining wealth from the inside out. Each week, I speak with a rotating set of co-hosts about a different financial topic to help you improve your financial mindset and tactics. Today, we have co-host Liz here, also known as Liz Gets Loaded on Instagram and on her own podcast. And we are going to talk about how to get lean. Getting lean. Getting lean. And we're not talking about physically lean, guys. Because right. if you, we're already physically lean, you know, like we're svelte. We're talking about getting financially svelte here. Is svelte a word? I think so. Svelte. I think you're saying it exactly right. Svelte. Svelte, also known as slender and elegant. Well, we would like to get your finances slender and elegant. If they need to be, if you would like them to be. Yeah, actually, on that point, what, what we really want to talk about is when times get tough and you need to get more lean and you need to pull back on things, how and what would you do, right? And I think these like, this is almost to me like a psychological Mm -hmm. discussion because it's a what if. And I think it's actually really helpful to get mentally prepared and to think in advance about what you would do if someone lost a job, if somebody willingly left a job, if there was some big medical emergency and couldn't work anymore. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen. The, The recession hit, you know, there's just there's or, all these things that are kind of looming. Yeah, you're in early retirement and the stock market has a rough couple of years and you want to be yeah. on the conservative side and cut back your spending. Exactly. Yeah. I like how we're giving examples that could happen to the other person. I know. Well, this does feel especially relevant for me right now. So in my house, we actually are going from having two incomes to just one income for a little while. And I have a whole podcast episode about that. If you want to know my whole financial and emotional life, like these days I am trying to think, where can I be smart about bending? Like, I know, you know, what what's the what's the first couple of things that aren't going to hurt? And then if things get dire, what's the plan? Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes to that episode if you want to hear what exactly is going on. Hey, Liz, when was the last time you guys were in a single income household ever? Yeah, it was, I'd have to think, some number of years ago. I actually, I actually talked about this on the episode. So there was a time we knew that we were going to go down to single income and we knew it was going to be for just six months. And it was before I got really into personal finance and investing because I was like, oh, no problem. I'll just stop contributing to my 401k and put some extra money. Not the first. 
push lever. You actually, that's a great example because you'll hear of all the things we're going to talk about. Yeah. None of them were to stop contributing to your 401k. Now, eventually that that might be something someone would need to do just to get by. Yeah. It's funny that neither one of us in, in the the like hypothetical list we went through, uh-huh. neither one of us yeah. went there. Yeah. That'd be like one of the last things for sure. Yeah. Huh, didn't even know. Well, good for us. Good job, us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go through all of these things we would do. And Liz, I like the way you kind of, we both like separately wrote our list. And again, we wrote lists of what we would start to cut and, and roughly in what order. I, I just sort of listed all mine. Liz, I like how you kind of did phase one, phase two, phase three. And we'll, so we'll kind of go through it that way to talk about, you know, as we have to like escalate in the seriousness of what we would get more lean about. Right. I think before we get into that, it's just worth noting that, you know, the, the first thing you want to do if like times are tough or the thing that I think is the most helpful to have is an emergency fund. And so although we're talking about doing these things hypothetically, if something were to happen, if you don't yet have an emergency fund, I would encourage you to do some of these things now so that you can use those savings to build up an emergency fund so that you are prepared if something unexpected happens. Unexpected or where you're in like a bad work situation and you want the freedom to willingly quit work for a few weeks right. or months and, and find something else. Yeah. Having an emergency fund, having that safety net is, I mean, it helps me sleep better at night for sure. Yeah, I agree. And then I think the other thing that's super helpful is just tracking your expenses, which we talk about all the time. Liz and I both do it. And well, what are you doing it in now? At the moment, I'm using both Monarch and You Need a Budget to try to decide which one I like more. And it's kind of a lot of work, actually. And my own separate spreadsheet. <laughs> nice. Three different methods. Uh, I like that you have like a backup to the backup. <laughs> it's like an emergency fund for my expense tracking. We'll put a link in the show notes because we we both have done recent episodes where, you know, Greg and I talked about our switch from Mint and why we chose Monarch and moved to Monarch Money for our expense tracking. You don't have to use an app. You could just do it manually in a spreadsheet if you want to. But then Liz has also talked about she's been using, you've been using YNAB for a long time and are a big fan and you're actually considering maybe switching to Monarch. Yeah, to Monarch. Yeah. And then I use a step, I, I use a spreadsheet about on Etsy and then I also use um, a spreadsheet on my own. But you don't have to, you definitely don't have to track your expenses in four different places. One place is perfectly sufficient <laughs> and it, it helps you know where your money's going. So if you have to cut back, like you know where it's all going. Doing this exercise for me was actually pretty straightforward of listing out all the places I would cut back because I just went to the tab that shows like, okay, here's the total of everything you spent money on this year. And then in some cases, it was really easy to even click back like, okay, well, what did I spend last year or five years ago? Like, what, what am I generally spending here? How hard would it be to cut back? Okay, well, I'll put some links in the show notes because you and I have both talked about that recently. If anyone's more curious about expense tracking, but it doesn't matter how you do it. I think it's more that we are just a big fan of expense tracking. And expense tracking can be incredibly important, particularly during a difficult time, because if you've already been tracking your expenses, it's much easier to know exactly where your money's going and exactly what you can cut back on, but also just how much that'll save you. Like Mm -hmm. to all of a sudden be in like a stressful situation and then be thinking, oh, okay, I'll just quit buying clothing and then realize, well, actually you only spend a thousand dollars a year on clothing and not Mm -hmm. only, but you know what I mean? Like you you just may not realize exactly where your money is going. And so I just think it's like, you know, step one is you got to track your expenses. I think that's a really, really good point. Like even making this list, it's funny because the things that it might feel intuitively like, oh, these are the places I need to be more frugal are not the things that move the needle the most. Like my sort of most stingy frugal habit is I almost refuse to pay for more than one streaming service at the same time. Like I won't pay for Hulu while I'm also paying for Netflix. My entire 
entire streaming budget for the year is like $500, which yeah. not that, you know, $500, it's not nothing, but that is not what is moving the needle in my budget. Yeah. 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 There's thousand dollar moves to do. Right. Or, you know, multiple thousand moves. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, the other thing is I would challenge you guys to do your own version of what Liz and I are about to do in front of you, which is go through and think about what you could live without and what you would cut. And again, I just think it's a really good like mental exercise. And it also makes you like, I, I often like my, my, my point of view about money and kind of value-based and intentional spending is like, if you have the money and you're able to, you know, deal with all the things you want to deal with and priorities in your life, like don't feel guilty spending money. You know, I've got an expensive treadmill and I put a lot of money into like running shoes and things like that, but I can afford to do that and still meet other financial and not just financial, but like other goals in my life. Right. Mm. And I think what is more troubling is when you're spending money and then you're not able to meet other goals and important things that, you know, for you, whoever you are, that matters to you. And so I think going through this exercise is important because I know for me, it made me realize, you know, and it reminds me of things I kind of already know deep down within. I I could be happy with much less than I have today, much less, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean I can't also enjoy nice things. Right. Because I don't have to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's good to look at the budget and understand like, okay, if I needed to, here's where I could live and be happy. And at the same time, when I was looking at all these lists, I was like, oh, but this is all stuff I really do like. Like there's nothing on here where I'm like, oh, I could cut that easy. That like wouldn't affect my life at all. Every every single thing on here would hurt at least a little, which tells me that I'm spending money in the right places. Yeah. Well, and I think what when you say would hurt just a little, because you've gotten kind of used to and comfortable with it and you enjoy and value it. But if I was going to use an example that might be too soon, if you if if someone I was going to say if like your dog was sick. Oh, that's OK. It's fine. OK. Too soon. OK. No, you're fine. If your dog was sick and needed a surgery that you couldn't afford, you would cut a bunch of this stuff. Yeah, exactly. To do that. No, I completely would. I think what I was trying to say is there's nothing on here where I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind losing that at all. Which means tells me I'm not just sort of like spending mindlessly that on things that aren't bringing joy into my life. But absolutely, if it was a choice between like dog health or human health, yes, yeah, you know, any number of things I could. I should have led with human health, but yeah, (laughs) okay, that's okay. I thought you might actually prioritize dog health above human health. That might be like right there. I my pets historically have received much better attention to their health than than myself than your humans, right? Yeah, no, I I think it's right. So I think you know both can be true. You can. And, and I think we're making two different points here, but like you can enjoy the things we spend money on and also realize that we'll be okay without them. 100%. Right? I think those are the two points. Like one, we could live happily without these things. And two, we can spend money on these things and enjoy them if we have the money to spend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's get in. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we were thinking about this in terms of phases. So let me tell you the phases. Phase one is kind of like general belt tightening. Like this is stuff I might do anyways on any given month when you have those things that just kind of make you feel a little more broke, like a big car repair bill or we're going on a vacation. So like, oh, maybe let me think about other places that I want to spend less. And then phase two, I called if things got real. So maybe like, shit get, if shit gets real. <laughs> if if like someone in your household lost an income or you had a really substantial, like you had to replace the foundation on your house or something like, like a really big expensive emergency. And 
And then phase three, I called a real emergency and I don't even like I can't I'm trying to think of an example. They're all so sad. Um, yeah, they're they're sad. We don't need to get into it. A real emergency is going to be different for everybody, right? Yeah. Everybody's at a, a different phase on kind of, you know, just where their finances are. And so but I think people can appreciate like what a real emergency is. And so I think those phases are pretty easy okay. for different people to relate to. But they'll be different for everyone. That's right? true. So, so and, and I'd worry less about the specificity of like each phase and more of just, you know, it's an escalating seriousness of how much you all of a sudden need to cut back on your finances. Right. In general, we're talking on a scale of like from canceling Hulu to selling my house. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Or like ad free, you know, having right. to add the ads back to Hulu. Mm, right. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> I keep ads on Hulu, by the way. You do? I do. Yep. I had a whole big like existential crisis about Hulu with ads because you know how on Black Friday they do $1 a month with ads? No. Oh my gosh. How have you or missed I this? Done, I don't know where I'd have it. Okay. Next Black Friday, you can get Hulu with ads for a dollar a month for the whole year. What? Yeah. Okay. That's exciting. I'm, I'm, that was like a what? I'm ready for next year, Black Friday. I know. Well, mark I mean, I'm like, I'm so trying to like not get sucked into consumerism on Black Friday <laughs> that I'm like missing some actual good deals. It is a good. Yeah. You can do it every year. I think you have to maybe like change your credit card, change your email. In any case. So the difference be- then becomes between ad free Hulu and like Earth and, and with ads Hulu, not just like $7 versus $15, but like $1 versus $15. You're paying 15 times as much. But I had this epiphany. I think I even did an episode about it where I was just like, I actually have $15 a month and I don't like watching ads and I don't know why I'm like making myself watch these ads when I could easily afford not to. Yeah, I've gone back and forth. I have had ad free Hulu at times. Okay, but okay. So anyways, anyways, but streaming is where we're going to start with like general belt tightening. Yeah, I think the first two things that come like if I'm just kind of in a mood where I'm trying to be a little bit more lean in a month, streaming is definitely one. I don't like paying for more than one streaming service at the same time. Last year, well, for this year, our our budget is about $500 for the year. That's about what we're going to end up spending. So if I canceled Spotify and then I did like either Hulu with ads or like only watch free stuff, like you can just watch free shows on YouTube, that kind of thing. I think that we could save about $400 a year or about $33 a month. And then my second thing that I already do when I'm feeling kind of frugal, I've been doing it in the last couple weeks, is our total for gas and electric for utilities is about $3,000 a year. So I think if I can be a little bit like stingy with the AC and the heat, I could probably cut about 10% off of that and save about $300 a year, about $25 a month. I've been doing that this month. It's We have our thermostat set to 64 and I am cold. Um, I'm cold too. Ours is, when, when Greg's not looking, I turn ours down to like 62, 63, but normally it's around 65. One of my favorite, you have some like really good phrases on various things, oh. but one of my favorite phrases of yours, Liz, is you, you say uh, you've been trying to like heat the person, not the house. Right, right. Or you say heat the room, not the house. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's all of those, right? So sometimes you're trying to yeah. heat the person. Right now I'm sitting here with a space heater. So just yeah. heating this room. Because even like we said our thermostat to 64, but I turned my space heater on in my office this morning and it tells me the current temperature in the room and it was 59. Yeah, we, ha- we have an old house too. And like it's never, it's a different temperature in like every part of the house. It's never quite what it says. Yeah. But you heat the person, right? So like hold a hot yeah. water bottle, like put on a sweater, have little mm-hmm. hand warmers or heat the room. All of that is better than like heating your whole house. Yeah. I mean, one of my kids yesterday was like asking us, it's, it's I mean, it's sort of winter here, but it's kind of warm, was asking us to turn on the, the overhead ceiling fan. And I'm like under a blanket <gasps> on the couch. What? And I was, and she was wearing 
wearing an hoodie. And I go, why don't you take off your hoodie? It was like, a, those are really like thick and warm. Oh, I was nice. like, if you're hot, let's take the hoodie off before we adjust the temperature for like, you know, everybody else in here. I got to look up an hoodie. I have a hoodie footy, which is a brand. And it's like just what it sounds like. It's like footed pajamas with a hood. Oh. And it's so good. An hoodie is like a big sweatshirt, real thick. Like, oh, nice. It's like a blanket that's a big, I don't know. It, look, it looks like like one of those old Baja. Remember? Is it called Baja? Uh-huh. It's like that, but it's it's like a blanket oh, material. That sounds great. Remember the is that what they were called? Baja like pullovers? I don't know where you're talking. Popular in the nineties. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Sure. You know, it was like a it was like a pullover. Like okay. Surfer. I don't know. I it think looks, you were more fashionable than I was in the nineties. I don't know that. I don't know if you had seen me in the nineties, you would never make that statement. <laughs> I was definitely less fashionable then. Okay. So yeah, I agree. I would cut back on some streaming, and I maybe think I could save a, a, a couple hundred. I do try to you know not keep them all like turned on at once but lately we've got we've gotten a little lazy here we need to like clean up some stuff with our streaming things but yeah i could maybe get uh, you know two to three hundred dollars a year by changing and limiting some of our streaming service yeah that makes sense yeah so small things i don't know that i could do much more in our utilities we're already pretty like frugal and, and keep it turn i mean we, we just we're pretty we're pretty uh the kids complain i'll put it that way yeah i like to think i'm like pretty stingy about it but even i could work downstairs instead of upstairs and then we wouldn't have to like run the ac as much that kind of stuff it would yeah. it would be some some bigger things but yeah and th- those are smaller savings they're not nothing but yeah they're they're a lot of change for small wins yeah probably my most like oh this is definitely a really luxury thing that i could cut is dog walkers so i was looking at like grooming and dog walking i only paid for grooming sometimes it's just nice to pay someone else to give your dog a bath like we don't have a dog where they have to go to the groomer and they have to get a haircut and stuff we just like mm-hmm. sometimes pay someone else to do the bath because it's easier but we are on track this year to spend 900 dollars on dog walkers, which even I was like, wait, what? That's a lot when you add it up. It's about $25 every time they come. And we could avoid that. We only use a dog walker when both of us go into the office on the same day. Like we both generally work from home and then occasionally, you know, a couple times a week, maybe go in and work from an office. And if we just coordinated, so we went in not on the same day, we could save that entirely or at least cut it back. I'm sure there's some days we both have to go in for meetings or whatever, but could probably easily save like $600 a year, 50 bucks a month. Well, I mean, you're about to temporarily cut that back, right? Yes, exactly. One of you, <laughs> exactly. one of you is not working for even just a little while. You've got a yeah. But I didn't think that was a crazy amount. I mean, I don't have any pets, but I was doing the math on that. That is 36 dog walking sessions a year. So it's like three that, times that a seems month. Like reasonable? Yeah. It doesn't. Doesn't seem crazy. It seems but reasonable, point, but yeah, it, you could like for I don't know, almost a thousand dollars a year. I was like, whoa, I feel like I would rather spend a thousand dollars a year on something else. But yeah. Anyways, I was trying to think what my equivalent of like dog walking is. I don't think I have one. Kid walking. <laughs> yeah. Kids walk for free. They walk themselves. Walk themselves at this age. Amazing. Okay. Okay. What else would you pull back? I would pull back on home decor. And this year, I was looking at this year. This year was kind of an anomaly. We spent about $5,000 on home decor. Like I worked with a designer. I just, we moved in this house two or three years ago and I wanted to feel like it was finished, if that makes sense. But I looked back on past years and it's definitely gone up and down, but I'd say we probably average about $100 a month. And it's not like $100 a month. It ends up being like $300 one month and then nothing for a couple months, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, this chair that I'm, my fancy desk chair that I'm sitting in, I just paid a couple hundred bucks for. So if I was feeling lean, I'd be like, no new throw pillows, no new desk chairs, no new dining room chairs, no new sheets, no new towels for however long I needed to. And I would, I think if we could probably save like 1200 bucks 
a year. Yeah, it's funny. That, that's one I would cut back on too. I don't, I, I'm probably pretty similar to you and like I don't spend a massive amount. But you know, it's like the holiday season. We we upgraded our artificial tree. We I bought some new lights for the outside. Like just stuff. I would not, I'd be like, oh, I'm totally fine without that. I would not do any of that. And, and I would maybe save a thousand bucks a year, similar to you. Yeah. And like, I think last year we bought a new couch, which I hadn't bought in 10 plus years, mm-hmm. but I could have kept my old couch. And if I, if I right. was tight on money, I would have kept my couch. Yeah. Yeah. Or tried to buy something used or something else. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. The yeah home decor for sure. And again, it's not a massive, you know, it's in the thousand dollar camp of, of a saving per year, which is not nothing. Yeah. But I got some bigger categories I can pull back. Yep. Um, same. I, I, one that sneaks up on me is electronics. Like, I don't think of myself as an electronics person. Like, I'm not out here buying new gadgets, new phones, new stuff all the time. But when I think about everything that goes into it, so like phones, iPads, computers, AirPods, other headphones when you lose your AirPods, <laughs> like a printer of external hard drive as a backup. Like, we both use special ergonomic keyboards and mice and have been like, oh, actually, it would be really nice to have one at work and at home. Like, it all adds up. And I, I was looking back on previous years. Like, sometimes it's literally $0 for the year and sometimes it's $3,000 for the year. But I think that would be another one where it could probably be like about $100 a month or $1,200 a year if we just said, okay, everything we have is fine. Like, we're going to use everything until yeah. it breaks. And even if it breaks, we'll figure out a way to be alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, like, complimentary upgrades. Like, I, they're definitely electronics I've upgraded before they have broken because mm-hmm. there's something newer, better out. And I would just like the upgrade. Right. So I sort of agree on some things like the upgrades, but I will say there's other electronic stuff like the quality of my laptop or phone or, you know, some other things. Again, I might delay them, but I would put certain electronics in phase two or three for me and mm-hmm. some other things in phase one. And I was trying to think what one of my other phase one things would be like, I don't know how to categorize it other than like random shit I don't have to have. <laughs> I don't buy a lot of it, but I mean, like there's clothing I definitely wouldn't buy that I don't need, especially since I'm early retired. I mean, the clothing I have purchased this past year, other than running shoes, which I would put in a further category, yeah, has been 100% leisure clothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like a sweatshirt, a pair of sweatpants, a pair of jeans, stuff like that, a pair of new, you know, new shoes, a pair of Nikes. I do not need them. I could do without them and it would be in my phase one of cutting and also a lot of other kind of just random like Amazon purchases. I, I don't buy yeah. a crazy amount from Amazon, but they'll just be something. I can't even think of a good example. Man, we could do a whole episode and like pull up our... We should be like share... Didn't, yeah. Yeah. Like critique like my Amazon spending. It. Yeah. I like I'd it. I have to like open mine and Greg's. I mean, I ordered some gold shoelaces for Greg for a party, a bunch <laughs> of lollipops, some new string lights for the new more sticks, a light up basketball. Greg wanted some new softer washcloths. And I was like, baby, you want soft <laughs> soft washcloths? I get you some. They'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. A lid for our solo stove. I mean, there's just like when I look at this, I'm like, I could do a, you know, I bought some new Halloween decor. You could live without all of that. I could live it without brought you joy, but you don't. Yes, I could live without all of this. And so I, I put that sort of random crap I don't have to have in my guesstimate is that would save me a few thousand a year, two to yeah. three thousand. I'm with you on that. You mentioned clothes, even like just going down to one income. I was about so I I have like three pairs of Lululemon leggings and two shirts that I wear like on repeat. Like I own a bunch of other workout clothes that are now in the Goodwill, at least in the like probably Goodwill pile. Like the staging. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Or they're like simmering. I have these like three pairs of leggings and two shirts I wear on repeat. And I was like, you know what? I, my actually, my life would actually be a lot better if I bought one more pair of leggings and one more shirt just to manage the laundry 
cycle more efficiently. And I was about to spend $200 on that. And then I was like, actually, I think I'll wait until we are back to a two-income household. Yeah, that could be your reward for yourself. Yeah, exactly. That'd be good. And okay, yeah, my I had one other thing. It's funny because it's not even, like we talked about, it's not even necessarily always about dollars, but there are some things I spend money on that just feel like a luxury, that just feel like, oh, this is kind of a thing you don't need to spend money on. Home decor is one. Electronics are one. And the last one for me is ride shares, like Lyft and Uber. So we're on track to spend $300 on Lyfts this year. So if we each just like took turns being the designated driver, what do we went to concerts or restaurants or something, we could save $300 a year or like $25 a month. It just always feels like a lot. Like if we go out to dinner and it's $100 and then the Lyft there and back is like another, you know, $30 each way or something. I'm like, that's almost as much. That's like half as much as the dinner was. It just feels expensive, even though it doesn't add up to that many dollars. Yeah, that's how um, we don't use babysitters a lot because we've always had the pleasure of like my mom can help Mm, us. Yeah. But or they're with our exes or something. But like that's how babysitting is to a lot of people. Yeah. Like 80 percent of the cost of your night out might be the hundred dollars you got to pay your baby. Right. Yeah. That is that I feel that. Okay. Uh, Other my there's like a couple one or two other things I'd put in phase one. And I will tell you one that I was struggling with if it would be in like phase one or two. Mm -hmm. And I'll maybe never know until I if I ever have to face this is similar to the sort of random crap I don't have to have. There's also the same category for my kids. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like ordering them being like, well, what would I cut first? Like, I was just going to ask you. Yeah. What's what? Like what's my easier? superfluous <laughs> clothes or like I just bought Kate a bunch of Lululemon stuff for her birthday. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that if I was struggling. Now, I might have right. still bought her one thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want my kids to fully suffer is not the right word, by the way, because <laughs> I grew up with none of the crap they have and I'm was totally fine yeah if anything i you know you learn a lot through it yeah but i think i I, part of me is like you know i probably would keep things in line with whatever i have they have if that Mm -hmm. makes sense because i'm not a big fan of like people who are well this is gonna sound judgmental but i'm just gonna say it it's fine i'm not a big fan of people who are struggling themselves financially but then like buy their kids lululemon yeah you know like I, i just think you're what you're because i think it sends a wrong message to your kids is my point yeah And so I do think there should be like some level, you don't want to stress your kids out about money, but you should be transparent about what you can and can't afford and why. Yeah. And we try to do that with our kids. And, you know, we try to, when they want to go out with their friends to go out to dinner, we're like, we're not even doing that as a family because of how we spend our money and what we value. So if you want to do that, you need to use your allowance. Yeah, that makes sense. And we'll give you ways to earn money. But anyways, so I try to like, I think my goal would be whatever. I certainly would, would not cut the kids sports. That's something I'd put like much further because that, mm-hmm. that is important to me and them. Yeah. But superfluous things like taking them to Starbucks and getting them yeah. more name brand clothing and things. I mean, they'd be clothed, but whether they need like, I'd be buying them Lululemon dupes off Amazon, you know, which <laughs> I should be buying them anyways. I was going to say, if it makes you feel like better about sounding maybe the tiniest, teeniest bit judgmental about something, I think it's fine to be judgmental about. It actually like kind of blows my mind when I go into Lululemon and I see the kids. preteens like in $100 leggings. Yeah. And I don't I don't know what. Like, I try to unpack that sometimes. I'm like, what does it matter? Like, if their parents want to spend this money on them, it doesn't 
And I'm like, but they're going to be spoiled. And I'm like, whatever, like, it's fine. They can have nice things. Yeah. Maybe they really appreciate it. But it, I am like, wait, I didn't even buy those for myself until yeah. like, I was in my 30s. I, I will tell you, I mean, just I've come full circle. I swore many, many years ago. I was like, I would never buy a still growing child Lululemon. That is ridiculous. Yeah. But you get worn down by the pressure, the peer pressure that mm-hmm. your kids are under, that you're then under. Yeah. And you just kind of like, I'm like, well, I can afford it. I want to make you happy. I'm doing it. I'm doing it in moderation. I don't just buy them whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. And we have the added pressure of, you know, I've got peer pressure within my own house, right? So when when my stepchildren have something and then my daughter mm-hmm. sees them, you know, then yeah. I'm, you know, the, you know, so it's even more, but but it's it's not just that. I mean, like a lot of the kids at school like all wear Lululemon. Like that's the, yeah. the style quote. But there's dupes and anyways. Right. I understand that though. Like you're not just having to coordinate with Greg about when it comes to like parenting and what yes. you have to yeah, yeah. coordinate with other like four other adults I, like you know <laughs> yes yeah and we all have different you know financial values and right and, you know so yeah yeah and, and but it's no different it's well it's somewhat different because in my house but it's not that different than the fact that every single one of my kids friends and who she's around also has a different set of parents with a right. different set of you know financial views values so anyways I think it, I had an interesting just like internal dialogue on like well, well like of course I would put my kids before me right would I would I Amy and like who you know whose stuff would get cut first I will say I'm not growing anymore and so you would argue the investment in Lululemon for me is a more solid investment than I agree with that things for someone who is still growing at a pretty fast clip yeah anyways okay, okay. so I think that's kind of like phase one we're we gonna move yeah. to like the if things got real phase two yep phase two if things got real so things that would I guess in my mind these are things that would hurt a little bit more and the first thing that came to my mind is like if things got very real oof, I would not want to do this but I would cancel my Peloton membership <laughs> I, I have the equipment and I could still use it, but like the subscription is 50 bucks a month to take the live classes. What if things got real, really, really, really real, would you sell your Peloton equipment? I would, but it would have to be a situation where like I didn't think I was going to want it back later because it would be more expensive to sell yeah. it and then try to buy it again, new or used. Like it would just be a lot of work. Yeah. In phase three, I talk about selling my, like I'd have to sell my, I'd, I, would, I would have to sell all my workout equipment if we downsized to like a smaller place to live too. We have yeah, like a whole home true. gym, but anyways. The... Okay, so you, you'd cancel Peloton. That's yeah. a big deal for you. 50 bucks a month, $600 a year. Or like, it's a thing you could pause though, right? And say like, yeah, hey, I need to turn this off and turn it back on in a couple months. My version of your sadness of having to cancel your Peloton <laughs> would be lawn care. Because, you know, we Greg and I could, I mean, we don't have jobs. We could put on our big adult pants. Yeah. I, first off, I do clean my own house. So I'm just like, I'm not above manual labor. Yeah. I like doing things myself. I do all sorts of crap. I get on my roof and like blow the leaves off. There's something about like trimming hedges, which we have a lot of. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't even mind mowing the lawn. It's it's the like detailed lawn care and leaves. And it's just like, it's a lot. It is. It's just a lot. It's so much. I also had this in phase two because we could do it and we've done it, but like I would hate it. And it's it's not the mowing, like mowing is fine. It's more knowing what to do. Like, oh, is that a weed or is it not a weed? Am I supposed to pull that? Should I spray something here? Here, like what time of year do you cut exactly, back the monkey grass? Exactly. Like, yeah. That is the stressful part and just being able to pay someone else to do it. It also is like hard on my body sometimes. It just like hurts yeah. my back. So I would save about $1,600 a year if we cut our lawn care. I would save about $2,500 a year, but I don't want to. <laughs> I get it. Neither neither of us won't do that. Yeah. That's one of those where I actually thought once we quit our jobs, we would do that ourselves.
ourselves. And then Greg and I quickly looked at each other and we're like, yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. I have on this list in phase two travel and not cutting it out entirely. But I think so we have spent pretty consistently over the last few years, even this year when we only did a couple like domestic trips, we spent about $12,000. And I think if we cut back, if we like, you know, flew on, you know, tried to fly on Tuesdays and Wednesdays instead of doing it more conveniently when it's on Friday and Sunday, if we used points and travel hacking, we could easily get that, not that easily, but we could get it down to maybe half of that. So $6,000 a year, which would save like $500 a month. So it's funny, I was a little bit debating like where exactly I would put travel. It would be like an, you know, I'd have like a little bit of travel in each category. Yeah, yeah. Probably. But I agree, travel would probably kind of kick in about here. But we spent like 20, this year, we spent $20,000 on travel. And, you know, some of that's like something, you know, we're booking into next year, but that Mm -hmm. always happens every year. And so we pretty consistently spent, you know, 15 to 25 thousand a year on travel it's a big priority for us we try to take the kids on you know an international trip every year if we can Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't stop traveling but i would stop that kind of traveling right we would do more local stuff i would look i've always been like fascinated by house sitting and like almost joined a house sitting service i would look into more stuff like that we would do more camping stuff we'd also go visit like there's a ton of friends and family in cool locations right that we could drive to we do do more road trips like that i mean we could get our travel we could cut overnight I could cut $15,000 off my travel and be totally fine right I do enjoy traveling it's a lovely luxury I didn't get to take any trips like I take now as a kid and again was totally fine and so that that's one where we could save you know 20% of our money overnight and be fine and and again I, I this is one where like back to the point we made at the beginning I'm very confident and I know two things can be true I can highly value travel and make it a priority spending area and I can be totally fine if I couldn't afford it anymore. Right. I feel exactly. that way about travel, cars. There's a bunch of Yeah, exactly. About. Yeah. I think that's a really good that's really like the salient theme of this episode. It's like here are things that I like, but also I would be totally fine yeah. without it. And I thought you had a really good point too about like camping, road trips, going to visit family, because I wouldn't cut this into I, I mean again, unless like, you know, it was a real sort of everything's on fire emergency. Like I still want to go see yeah. my family. I still want to yeah. get out of town and do different things. But like do we need to go to Paris? We do not. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, guys, hop in the car. I want to visit Liz. <laughs> exactly. I would love that. I would love that. Okay. Let's see. So speaking of cars, which I just briefly mentioned, I, actually, I might, I think, I, yeah, no, actually, in the, I put this in phase two. If, if we're saying this is the, if, if you know, if things got real, mm-hmm. I would, both of the cars we have are nicer than we need, right? Like by far newer and nicer. I mean, I think like one's a 2019 and one's a 2020. 23 and i would totally just sell our we have a subaru ascent Mm -hmm. that we bought for the third row it's much less it was it's nice to have we use the third row Mm -hmm. every now and then i use it this weekend actually but it i could get by without it Mm -hmm. and we did for a long time i did it so we could have the convenience of being able to you know have each one of our kids have a friend and be able to drive some but i would sell that car and we would be a one car family and i think there's a few times when it would be a little bit of an inconvenience but we could totally get by and be better 
better coordinated with things, especially since we're not, since we quit our jobs. And so that would be, you know, I, I haven't done like the Kelly Blue Book on that car, but like, I don't know, I think a $35,000 surplus, nice. of, you know, incoming money. And so I would totally, if I didn't just sell it and go to a one car household, I would certainly sell it and move to a much less spent car. Yeah. Just, you know, get us where we need to go. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I was kind of thinking about like ways to make extra money. I know you have, you sell things like for fun, if that makes sense. <laughs> but there, there could be well, a as shift. As I'm decluttering, yeah, yeah. I think it's fun to like, you know, yes, get something back for the things. Right. But you're not necessarily trying to like augment your income by selling things on Poshmark no, or to on Facebook Marketplace. But I'm you, actually just trying to motivate myself to get rid of crap. Exactly. But you could shift into kind of more of a like, okay, let me look around and yeah. and really try to make money there. I, I'm sure there are things in my house that I could sell. I don't think I have that many things that people would want to pay money for. But I was thinking like if things really started to get real, I would rent a room out in our house. It's just the two of us. And we have a yeah. like pretty nice guest room. And we could either put it onto Airbnb and like kind of temporarily get some income that way or look for a roommate, you know, maybe on a six month lease to start, see how things went. And I think we could get like $1,200 for a roommate situation. I think we could get like $1,200 a month easily, maybe even more. And that's always something like in my back pocket as something that we could do pretty quickly. That would be reasonably meaningful. Um, That's an interesting one I hadn't thought about. I would not do that having three kids myself, but yeah. I would totally do that if we had more space. Yeah. I've also thought about, I mean, I would really prefer, this would actually be better, instead of a human roommate, start doing like dog boarding to like get on Rover and Wag, not necessarily to go walk dogs, but like to watch people's dogs Dogs. when they're out of town, just like drop them off. And I do that for free for tons of people anyways, so... I would, that would be great. That's a great one. And I mean, I think in general, you know, there's a lot of things that we'll talk about that people could cut back on. But the other side of it is you can also make money doing things mm-hmm. like that, doing different side hustles, selling things you have that might may be of meaningful value. But then also, you know, I, I've been in this big decluttering thing where I'm trying to get rid of 2023 thing before the end of 2024. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not even trying to sell most stuff. But every now and then I see, you know, I'm coming across things where I'm like, oh, this would probably sell. And, you know, I'll post five or six things and make a hundred bucks in a day yeah and i don't do that every day but you know there's a lot of things lying around many people's home that are of value to someone else and that you know you may not be using or valuing enough and so yeah. i definitely think you know if, if things really are real every little bit helps and you know right, getting hundred right. bucks is a meaningful amount of stuff so totally i would definitely agree. get more aggressive about selling stuff that i just don't need yeah i agree with that but not your peloton i would be really sad to sell my peloton <laughs> That's in uh, that's in phase three. It's okay. That would be yeah, exactly. Or phase four. Yeah. All right. The other things I had kind of jotted down around phase two, we spent a lot of money on Christmas. It has just ballooned between. So our this year we're on track to spend about $2,000. It's like $600 on holiday cards, which I know is a lot, but I love them. But I could definitely cut that or do like a cheaper, you know, Snapfish card or something. About $500 on gifts, like for my team at work, and then about $800-ish on gifts for family. And I think we could easily, like if I needed to, I could do all of that for probably half the cost. I could talk to my family and just say like, hey, we're not doing gifts this year. Like if something real was happening in my life, of course I could go to my family and be like, I'm not going to send you a nice Christmas gift this year. (laughs) They would understand. They would still love me. (laughs) We spend very little on Christmas. I mean, we buy our kids some presents and we don't really even go crazy in that category. And we spend very little. And we do digital holiday cards just a year ago. But um, so I don't think we'd save much in this category. Yeah, I know. But I can't hang a digital card on the fridge. Well, I love receiving everyone's cards. I just was like, I'm going (laughs) to. 
I'm opting out of this personally. Yeah. But I, I just, I really do love receiving everyone else's. So if everybody went digital, I might be a little sad. I know. I know. Yeah. I really think of it as a charitable service <laughs> for that. Or you could also cut back on the list, right? Like we sent out, I don't know, this year, I think I got close to like 200 and yeah. I, I cut some people already. I was like, right. this is just a lady who used to go to my gym. <laughs> well, well, we were friendly, I, but like, you know, we haven't talked in a couple of years. I'm glad I didn't uh, get cut because I got, I got a card this year. Yeah, you're still on the list. But well, Speaking of it being like a charitable activity, I was kind of surprised where you ranked charitable giving. I mean, in an admirable way that it didn't make phase one. Mm, yeah, I feel the thing is, is that charitable giving is an interesting one. It's really important to me. I do. So I'm thinking about it a lot right now because we're going to at least temporarily one income household. And I'm like, I will probably pause or slow down. So so this year we are our total is going to be about $13,000 that we gave to charity. So like a little bit over $1,000 a month. I am probably going to pause that for at least a couple months and cut it back to something like $100 a month. I do think not to get too, I do think there's something about karma. I think there's something about like, there's a saying, I did not come up with this, like you can't receive with a tight fist, right? Like you kind of have to like open up your wallet and be charitable with others. And then your wallet is open for like money to flow back back. into it. Yeah. Yeah. But I do sometimes move that around in the year, right? Like I might be like, okay, let's wait until we're back to being a a dual income household and then we can kind of catch up on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it is like an easy just thing to be like, okay, if things got real. I think just to be totally frank, I would probably put this in my phase one. But this is like a whole podcast episode we could have someday because I'll be very honest. I, since leaving work, I have cut back heavily in this area Mm -hmm. and don't plan to reamp it up aggressively like the way it used to be when I had a big job until my kids get to college. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. It's something that goes up and down with your income. You also have like more time to volunteer. I mean, in my 20s, I didn't give a lot. Like I would volunteer. I would go, you know, when the public radio does the pledge drive, like I would answer the phone and like take people's. It was actually really fun. (laughs) That sounds like it might be. Yeah. Like I volunteered with my local public radio station. I would, I would answer the phone for pledge drives. I would also go sometimes to events and they would like let me wear the Arthur costume. With, like me kids and it was really fun oh and as gosh. I got older like I had more money and less time so it shifted yeah. to like less volunteering more giving money and I think it's normal for that to yeah, go up and down through your life I'm definitely in the uh, giving more time phase yeah but no I do I, I think it is admirable in general that you do prioritize that and I know you're it's just it is important and I, I agree with uh, whatever phrase you couldn't quite you, you said it but you can't receive with a closed fist like yes. like imagine you're holding yes. your money really tight with a closed fist you can't like yeah, it also accept can't anything yeah no i agree I, charitable giving is important to the right right places and, and i mean by the way i don't mean the right places as in like i mean in, yeah in organizations that are doing good with it because there certainly are places you can donate to where the money is not being put to good use and so i think looking at where your money is going and there's certain sites like is it charitable navigator yeah um that's when give well is when the life you can save is my favorite but there's a lot of we <laughs> we did yeah. uh you know i did you, you um did. i think i've done more than one episode maybe about charitable giving yeah 
Okay, so like, wait, hold on. Actually, I got something else in phase two that maybe would have been phase one because I don't even like these braces. There are some medical things that I would consider optional. And like, even when I did my TMJ treatment, I didn't have to do it. And I actually now regret doing it, which is a whole different story because uh, it just then caused some need oh, for no. some ortho work. And I, I, I think I've like come to my own diagnosis that if I had just never done either, I would have been in a better position. Like the TMJ moved the way my mouth is aligned and the braces are kind of moving it back to the way it was before, which was fine. And anyways, yeah. so... I, I would have like, you know, my daughter needs braces for like a very specific reason around this tumor she had removed and lost part of her anyways. Oh, no. And so that is like, I, my kid would still get braces. Yeah, like my yeah. braces, I certainly could have done without slash pushed it off for years if I needed to. Right. And like Greg got LASIK last year. He highly loves it and values it. But if we couldn't afford it, he wouldn't have mm-hmm. done it. So there, there's certainly like medical stuff that I would consider in, in a more, not, not just cosmetic, but just like an optional category of they could be put off until we could afford yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense i hear you but i think we could do i don't think there's anything else i would put in phase two. Oh, other than i would i mean i would negotiate bills so i mean there's a lot of companies mm-hmm. that have like hardship yeah. programs and you know i would I, you should do all this stuff anyways but like you you know you call and kind of renegotiate a lot of your utility bills and look at competitive prices and many companies match them and um, and so and then there are actual like hardship programs if you're having trouble you know paying your bills where the companies will negotiate with you on certain things so i, I probably would get into that if the you know things got real somewhere between that and the like phase three real emergency phase yeah maybe you could even just cut cut back or negotiate on like your lawn care right which felt i think for both of us we're like oh but maybe yeah. they could mow every other week or you know start later stop sooner that kind of thing figure yeah, it out true. yeah all right so phase three real emergency whatever that would look yep. like for you but this is like things are dire like major major changes and yeah. the first thing that came to mind i mean this would not be a quick or easy thing but like if things really got real i would have i would sell my house and i love this house <laughs> like i cried when we walked in this house i was like please don't sell this house to anyone else i love it so much but i could also you know to our overarching theme i love this house and i also know i could live a very happy and fulfilled life without it it's often our best our like not just our biggest expense of the month, but it is often more than the rest of our expenses combined. So I could definitely, we could downsize to an apartment. I'd still probably be looking at something that was like two or $3,000 in rent, depending on how dire things were. And if they got really bad, I mean, we have family who would take us. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, my brother wouldn't be happy, but he'd take us. Maggie, you'd take me in. I could come sleep I'd on the t- floor in you, your yeah. <laughs> We don't have a gym anymore. We, yeah. Um, we gave that up for one of our kids okay. sleep on her floor. But yeah, you could sleep with a teenager in their room (laughs) amazing i agree i would also be sad to do it but mainly because of the neighborhood less less attachment to the house more to the neighborhood but i would sell my house and downsize to a and we don't pay a mortgage so it wouldn't save us money it would make us a massive amount yeah yeah we we would get all of the value of the house and we could live for gosh many this is an interesting exercise how many years if we if we downsized all the spending that we're talking about if i pulled back all the spending like travel and everything else then i think we could get to the point we spend about a hundred thousand dollars a year i think we mm. could get to the point where we spend 60 to 70 mm. without you know like a- and be fine probably 60 based on what i know yeah from other people and so if we sold this house i mean we'd have 10 to 15 years if it was invested also we'd have 10 to 15 years of living expenses. yeah 
I'm doing quick math. 15 years of living expenses. Uh, sorry, we have to go live somewhere else, though, which would cost us something. So yeah. I guess my point is, yes, same, similar to you. We could downsize. We could live in an apartment. We could live in a smaller house. We could live in – we could just move – even within the same school district we're in, we could just move to a less expensive neighborhood. There are some. Yeah. And and or we could move in with family. If we have. Right. And so there's a lot of options when it comes to housing that are less expensive than where we live. Totally. And when I I mean, because I think about that sometimes because even I've said a bunch of times, I don't want to retire in this house. Like it's too much house. It's too much work. We don't need two home offices if we're both retired. And so but I always think that we would kind of, you know, move into like a high rise or kind of like a nice building. Obviously, if, if things were very real, we could also live in like a less nice apartment building. We could find, you know, a studio apartment in a not trendy sort of walkable part of town and that would be less than two to three thousand dollars a month but i think often about just like oh do i need to live here should we just move somewhere smaller but still nice so hopefully that's not happening anytime soon yeah in my phase three real emergency um you mentioned selling your car in phase two so we're already a one car household technically at this exact moment we are a two car household because i bought a car this year and i haven't gotten around to selling our old one but we don't drive it so in phase three like if it happened today i would say oh we'll just sell the newer nicer car we got and we'll just like keep our old junkie car like that's easy but even after that car sold we you know we could sell that car and trade it in for something not as nice like i don't need to drive i my car that has massaging seats in it does make me very happy but i could also live a happy and fulfilled life without it yeah Yeah. i would be fine without it okay yeah one of the ones that i would put in phase three that i think maybe other folks might put sooner on the scale would be cutting food spending so our current average spending is thirteen hundred dollars a month for two people that's everything that's restaurants takeout coffee groceries alcohol anything i buy at the grocery store (laughs) basically goes into that so if we just cutting restaurants would bring that down to about a thousand dollars a month and that would save about thirty six hundred dollars a year or like three hundred dollars a month yeah i think we would save we i think I would also cut back. I don't think I could cut back much on our groceries, honestly. Little stuff here and there, but like we could cut back on some eating out, but on we would maybe save a thousand dollars a year total top if we yeah. pull. I don't want to cut back on like I, I, I don't I, want to either. I think we're the thing too. Lean. So we're we're not especially lean, I would say, on groceries. But if everything else is on fire and all we're really doing is like staying home and watching our Hulu with ads, like I just think that we need to have <laughs> nice groceries and trying to save, you know, that extra two hundred dollars. I, I would go to a lot of other things first before I would be like, okay, no ice cream, like no snacks. Like I would I would cut a lot of other things before I would cut my groceries. Well, I was really shocked. I didn't even see this till just now, by the way. I kind of missed. Oh. It on your list. I was shocked by your like very last item oh. that it that it was so far down on the list. I just would have thought it'd be like up top. Um, so my very the very last thing I listed is cutting out our house cleaners. That would be one of my last cuts. We we paid two hundred twenty dollars every time they come. They come every two weeks, so it's usually four hundred forty dollars a month. Every once in a while, just the way the weeks fall, it ends up being six sixty a month. So it's about three thousand dollars a year. Or no, sorry, it's six thousand dollars a year. My first thing I would say just come once a month instead of twice, and that would save us about $3,000. But it is one of the things that just makes my life so much easier. It means that we're not spending our free time, which lately is precious doing it. It Like we're not sort of arguing about like whose turn it is to clean the bathroom or being annoyed that the other person hasn't done the thing that they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like I love our cleaners. I, I'm like happy to support their business. And it would just be one of the last things that I would cut. 
Well, I'm just curious if part of the real emergency was like job losses, you were available. Yeah. Would you would you put it higher up or is it, like is it is it a time or is I don't it know. A, I also just like hate doing do it. Don't? Okay, well that's what I was wondering because I, I can feel you on like that's how I feel about lawn care. I actually really enjoy cleaning. Oh, and I have like that's great. control issues about it. I mean, I haven't had a house cleaner in a really long time. Even when I had a very very well paying job and was very busy, I still did not have a house cleaner because I it's like partially control. Like I want it clean yeah. a certain way, and I kind of don't mind doing it like i like to put some headphones on and and greg also doesn't really mind doing it that's and... a lucky way to be <laughs> <laughs> well he needs to be like asked to do it like in, yeah like reminded but like he'll not he cleaned uh, three bathrooms for me this weekend actually oh that's great i mean this isn't totally in order i mean on, on this actual page i put it after like selling our house obviously i would cut the house cleaners before i would sell our house but like different circumstances <laughs> But I was surprised this was behind like Peloton. Yeah, I would cancel Peloton before I cancel my house cleaners for sure. Okay, yeah, it was surprising. More so because of what I thought your love for Peloton. Was yeah. <laughs> okay, so what, like on that note, what wouldn't you cut? What would be, I mean, on the like, you know, what what's not on this list, if you will? Yeah, when I think about things that I would be very hesitant, like things would have to be really bad before I would think about this. So health and mental health um, are big spending categories for us. Therapy and physical therapy are things we both use often and are important to us just being able to enjoy life. So that would be, I don't want to say anything's a total non-negotiable, but that would that one would be hard. I have three things. The second would be, I mentioned this, groceries. If you're not spending money, if you're not leaving the house, you got to have good groceries at home. And then, and, and especially on the groceries piece, like I just think about early COVID days and I, you know, I say half jokingly, like our groceries were kind of the only thing bringing me joy. Like I would go for walks and I would have nice groceries and like that was kind of it. And I, I realized how important that was to me. And and then lastly, live performances are always something I list as something I really value. Now, I could definitely cut back here. Like, I don't need to spend 800 bucks to be like front row to my favorite band. I could sit further back. I would prioritize like free shows or going to smaller bands where maybe you just pay a cover charge or going to small plays, that kind of thing. But live performances will always have a line item in the budget for me. What about you? So I'll be honest, my first response is like the, the sort of like stoic in me feels like I truly could be okay without anything. And like, if I really had to, it, it, you know, like, it, like I'm going, I was kind of going through in Monarch because it makes it so easy for like an ad for Monarch. I'm just like in love with Monarch right now. I'm, I'm in the it is really, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's really clean. Well, the thing is when we used Mint, Greg did it and like it had two-factor authentication. It was a pain in the ass to like log into it even. Mm-hmm. And they don't have like an app. Did they even have an app? They did have an app. Yeah. They, it yeah. was just, everything was a pain in the butt with Mint. And there was, it was yeah. not, you just couldn't like, I, I didn't, it was hard for me to go into it. So I'd have to wait till like Greg gave me a report at the end of the month. And so I just love that I can like go into Monarch and see stuff. I, I will say, I, I and I at least want to believe that this is true. There's just not a lot of thing I couldn't do without, you know, like I, I like, you know, I, I spend 170 bucks when I buy a new pair of Hoka's about twice a year. Like that's a pair of running shoes. And before that I was into ons. And, but mm. there was a time when I bought like, well, this was inflation also, but like my running shoes cost me 60 bucks and I was fine. Right. Yeah. I, I could buy some used shoes. Like there's a lot of used shoes where they're like barely used. Somebody bought them and they're, you know, I could buy the colors I don't like, which are like on sale at the end of the sin, you know, like I wouldn't be so choosy about my colors and stuff like that. I I do really like certain electronics, right? But would you like just say, oh, I'm not going to buy running shoes. I'm not going to go run. 
No, uh-uh. And I wouldn't like, and I'm getting to the point where like my feet get weird pains and like when I don't wear supportive shoes. And so, yeah, no, I would prioritize good quality things. But but yeah, I would. So yeah, that would be the things that would be like last for me to cut. But I would stretch them out longer. I would, you know, I- I'd look for better deals, you know, like so I'd cut some of it. But no, I wouldn't like not. And I wouldn't run in yeah. like crappy shoes. Um, right. That makes I sense. guess I could take up barefoot running, which many people claim is like good for you. And you take practice to get to it. Yeah. But I do, you know, outside of some like, you know, things to clothe my body and give me like, you know, basic needs. Like I'd keep buying deodorant, stuff like that <laughs> for everyone's sake. <laughs> I I think I could just do like I like to think at least that I truly believe I'd be fine with all, out all this stuff in some yeah. ways even better you know like and 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 I don't mean better like I just mean some of the physical trappings like you know so I think like you know some quote unquote like suffering and again very stoic view but like is good for me and yeah. I do, it doesn't scare me to like think about having to cut certain things if anything sometimes I'm like oh it'd probably be like a good ch-. it's kind of why I like frugality and like it's a good mm-hmm. challenge to see what I can do with less and what I can live without um, and so I think this is kind of a fun exercise because I do believe I would st- it reminds me that I would still be fine I'd still be alive I'd still be living my kids would still be you know here and I would be happy without all of this stuff and again like we said at the beginning I still enjoy these things Things, right they add value to my life on a day-to-day basis especially the lawn care but <laughs> i know that my happiness is not dependent on it and i think right. that is a super important mindset to hone and to you know get to that realization with yourself and then the one thing I would say that I'd be hesitant to cut, just back to that point, is I, I would be very protective of certain things with my kids. Again, not the bougie stuff with my kids, but the like, you know, them still being able to play sports if that's important mm-hmm. to them. And, you know, just things that, you know, I don't want them to have to like feel awkward. Again, they're, they're, I'm not talking about they don't need Lululemon, but I also want them to feel like they have the support they need in their lives to, to do, you know, what is important to them. And I don't want them to suffer too much. Just just because I find it like fun, fun's the wrong word, but I find it to be a fun challenge sometimes mm-hmm. to, you know, not care what temperature it is in the house or, you know, <laughs> other things like that. I, I don't, you know, I, I want to be careful about what I force upon them yep. at a yeah. too young of an age when is it, you know, very impressionable age. But also my kids are fine and they have a lot of nice stuff that they don't need and they'll be okay with that. Trip. Yeah. And to your point, you didn't have a lot of the things that they had growing up and you turned out great. And in some ways, you know, you, we are all, all, always at risk of like spoiling kids right yes. there's a it's it's a it's a balancing act yeah. between giving them the things that they need to feel like loved and supported and thrive yeah. and also um not putting them into a place where they become like entitled or feel yeah. like they can't function without those things that's like one of my biggest worries is i, I don't want my kids to be spoiled and I, I want them to feel i want them to just realize what's important in life right and the, mm. the, the more i give them the less the more comfortable i make them all the time and the more they think things are easy it's why i want them to you know learn to work to make money and they have to earn money to go do stuff with their friends and yes I could afford to just throw money at them but I don't want to it's not it's not what I want to teach them and what I want to instill in them right I think you're doing a good job I know I everything every time you talk about your kids they seem happy and healthy and lovely humans yeah and they got their Lulu tights on so So they seem like they're doing great (laughs) I mean not always to be clear that's not all the clothing they own it's a small (laughs) percentage of the clothing amazing okay well did we do it 
We did it. Did do it. And, I mean, we didn't do it. We hypothetically did all this stuff, to be clear. To be We're clear, not, we cut nothing. We cut nothing. <laughs> but we realized we can cut these things. And uh, again, like we said at the beginning, I think this is actually a helpful exercise for you personally to go through so that if and when something does happen, and again, could be something voluntary that you initiate. It could be something that happened to you. It could be, you know, the looming recession we've been hearing about for a while now. You're prepared to make make these changes and you've already put some thought against what you would change. And again, I think just going through this exercise, even if you never have to use it, reminds you that you'll be fine if and when you did have to. Yeah, I fully agree with all of that. It's interesting. Sometimes I just feel like I look at the end of the month and I'm like, wait, how is this total so high? Because yeah. this all seems reasonable. Like nothing is sort of off the bat, something that I would want to cut just for the sake of it. But it is helpful to know that I could if I needed to. And yeah. to spend some time thinking like, yeah, I would actually, I would really miss my Peloton membership, but like I okay. could still pedal on my bike and just stare at a blank screen. <laughs> yeah. You could put your iPad up there. Yeah, exactly. There. Yeah, that's watch true. Watch your ads on Hulu, you know? Oh, yeah. Just watching ads while pedaling on the bike. That sounds great. We could share a Hulu account if we needed to. We could share an account with us. Yeah. Share an ad free. We could even maybe splurge and share an ad free account. Oh, you know? or we could get that Black Friday deal for one dollar a Jeez. month and wow. fifty cents a month for Hulu. Look, if we learned anything from this episode, <laughs> it's Maggie's doing the Black Friday deal. I'm gonna think of that every month when I like shell out like eight or whatever. They keep raising the prices, which is why I finally went back to the ad. I know. I'm old enough to remember. Like remember when Hulu was free? Uh-huh. That was nice. I liked it. Anyways. Remember we, when we didn't have streaming services? Yes. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Related to this. Have you watched Leave the World Behind? Is that what it's called? No, but I saw your Instagram stories this morning. So I've I've seen that movie. It's the one with Julia Roberts, right? Yeah. So you posted about Leave the World Behind and that you really liked it. I've seen the trailer for it and it looks good, but maybe like I have a real, I, I can't watch things that are too intense. It gives me nightmares and it gives me like a lot of bad dreams. So that might be too much for me. But I also saw that you posted that you didn't like the family switch Jennifer garner's holiday movie and i thought it was so cute i didn't i liked the ending that was it i just thought felt like it was i don't even maybe i was in like a bad frame of mind when i watched it or something but like even the kids we all found it annoying like we just were Uh like and i love a good cheesy holiday movie too yeah i'm not even sure if it falls in that category honestly it's got too big i I feel like you can't put jennifer garner in a movie and call it a cheesy holiday movie but it's not like a hallmark holiday movie it's more in the like home alone elf home alone cat Well, Purdue done. Yeah, I just didn't care for it. But man, leave the world behind. The point about it is at some point I was just getting rid of a ton of DVDs. It was streaming is what made me think of it. It it will make you think about all the things we rely on day to day. Yeah. And when we had really fascinating discussions with our kids around it, speaking of like, if it would freak you out and you're like, I'd have nightmares. I was talking to one of my kids afterwards and I was like, are you okay? Like, is that, was that scary to think about? And she was like a little, a little bit, but, but, but I'll be okay. And like, we really, really were talking about it because i'm not going to get into it but I, I highly recommend watching all right it. i think I, like it. I think you guys would like it i don't know like it's just wrong word i, I think just it switched to netflix I'm, i canceled hulu because i feel like we hit it like you know how sometimes you're like wait there's nothing left to watch yeah. that we want to watch uh-huh. i don't want to start something new so i switched over to netflix because one they have better holiday, holiday movie yeah. selection i think and then i just started watching first wives club is and insecure are on netflix oh is so. first wives club good i saw i started i looked preview. the tv so i've seen the movie of course 
course, but this is like a, the TV adaptation. The first two episodes, I was like, oh, this isn't very good. But then for me right now, it's just a like working out show. Okay, yeah, which is lo- lower quality, I guess. Yeah, and I watch it on my iPads. So I actually watch it at 1.25 speed, too. Wait, you can speed up stuff on your iPad now? On, yeah, on the Netflix app, you can speed things up if you're watching it in a browser on your mobile device. You can't speed it up if it's on your TV. But First Wives, it's like a, it's a silly, you know, fabulous women getting up to yeah. hijinks in fabulous Manhattan kind of, <laughs> you know, it's just silly and fun. But I do find I enjoy it a little bit more at 1.25. Yeah, that's funny. I don't know that I've always like wanted TV to be sped up. I know I feel like we've even talked about it the way you can speed up audio. But I'm like, I I don't know what it's going to do to my experience when I start speeding. I worry about my focus and attention span because I listen and watch so many things sped up. I've lately moved my podcast. I used to listen to all podcasts at 2x. And now I'm trying to do like 1.2 ish. Yeah, because I'm in the like 1.5 to 1.7 range on a book. It depends who it is because sometimes it varies. Yeah, but two is aggressive. That's Hardcore. You get used to it. I think the problem is that then I'll be like in a meeting and I think I have a hard time paying attention because everyone is speaking at 1x. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish I could speed up this uh-huh. real life situation. And I think that that says something kind of scary and dangerous about the world. So. Yeah, right. Anyways. Okay. Well, we should probably wrap <laughs> this up. Um, we appreciate, If you're still here, we appreciate you all listening. We know your time is limited and valuable. And the fact that you want to hear Liz and I talk about what we're watching right now is is, uh, you know, for you. Exactly. If, you, if you've enjoyed this episode, hey, this is like the holiday season right now. So this is a great time to give Liz and I a little holiday gift, which is totally free. Take like one minute. If you leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts, we greatly appreciate it. It's super helpful. It helps other people find the podcast. You can also leave a rating on Spotify. We really yeah. appreciate it. You have done that in the past or if you uh, are willing to do it uh, right now. I go back and reread some of the nice ones sometimes just when I'm feeling down and I need, need a little level boost. Yeah, um, I always think it's like lovely to see them. Yeah. You can also share this episode with a friend or a family member. Maybe if you share your household finances with something, you could listen to this episode and then talk about cutting back or with an accountability partner. Like I, you know, listen, we made a podcast, like we made some content, but I also just enjoyed having this conversation with Maggie Me too. for my own benefit. <laughs> you might want to share it with the family member who is on your phase three list that you're going to move in with to <laughs> confirm. Like I'm going to send this to my brother and be like, hey, just so you know. You're my backup plan. Would have been my mom, but she lives in a senior community now and they don't accept people my age. So it's going to be him. I I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, you, you can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Overcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast. Wait, is Google Podcasts going away? I think it is. I think it's still a thing. Anyway, she was going going away. Podcast. Yes. And if you have thoughts or questions or complaints or feedback or jokes or literally anything, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. And you can leave a voicemail or send a text to 404-981-3370 or find us on Instagram. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Maggie. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye.